Hello and welcome to Parallel, a tech podcast with accessibility sprinkles. I'm Shelley Brisbane, your host. It's episode 37 and it's October 2020. Today is a solo show, consequently shorter than a lot of Parallel episodes are, but packed with information that is highly specific to both the world we live in right now and to the way I live in the world we live in right now. In other words, how the heck do I manage video conferencing and what specific issues are there if you are, like me, a person with low vision? There's some good tips in here and hopefully, if I've done my job right, some situations in which you as a listener will go, huh, I never even thought of that. I use Zoom primarily, and these aren't necessarily choices that I get to make. They're choices made by people I work with and for and people who initiate conversations that I'm a part of. I've used Zoom mostly. I've also used Google Meet a tiny bit. I've used Microsoft Teams. Uh, I haven't been in Skype for business yet. I've done both Skype audio and video calls, however. So most of what I say will have been from six or seven months using Zoom extensively, but a lot of it is applicable to any platform you're on. And specifically, I am not going to address the accessibility of the platforms, although most of them are quite accessible. Zoom specifically is favored by a lot of folks who have blindness and visual impairments. The app seems to work on multiple platforms. I have had similar experiences with Microsoft Teams, haven't had any issues, although I'm not a daily screen reader user. So if there are glitches in any of these platforms, I'd love to hear about that and I'd love to talk about it too. So not so much the accessibility of the platform, but the accessibility of the experience of participating in video conferences. Most of what I've done has been as a video or audio participant. I haven't personally done a lot of presenting or sharing of screens. I've been part of conferences where screens have been shared. First, I want to talk about the audio video part, mostly the video part, because the accessibility situation I find myself in is that I want to make myself visually available, presentable to my colleagues so that their experience of seeing me on screen is as similar as it can be to the experience of seeing anybody else on screen, that I give the impression that I am professional, that I am paying attention, that I am part of the conversation, and that when it's my turn to talk, I can do so in a way that is clear and understandable to everybody else participating. As a viewer, I want to see my colleagues. I want to see their faces. I want to, if not make eye contact with them, which I'll get into in a second, I want to interact with them and get the same value from video as they do, seeing me and seeing other people on a video screen. That's a challenge for me because the typical setup of a video conference is that you have a camera in front of you and you look at the camera. It could be on the top of your laptop. It could be an external webcam that is positioned above your laptop. But you're facing toward a camera. You're also facing toward your computer or your tablet or your phone. And if you need to do something on the tablet or the phone or the computer, you have access to the keyboard. You have access to the screen pretty much in the way that you would have access to those screens, keyboards, and mice and such if you weren't doing a video conference. So the way video conferences work for people who don't have low vision is pretty similar to the way a video, to the to way you might normally work. 
you're sitting a distance from a laptop that allows you to see the screen and type on the keyboard and like that. Well, I spend most of my day working a couple of inches from the screen that I'm reading or writing on, whether it's my iPad or my computer. The number of problems that creates for video conferencing is significant. Because first of all, I obviously can't be two inches away from the screen and be seen on a camera, using a camera that's at the top of that screen. So I either have to go to an external webcam or I have to sit back quite a bit. And if I sit back quite a bit, I can't interact with the screen on which my video conference is happening. I can't switch over and read Slack or email. I can't uh, read what a presenter has put up on the screen. So the first logical thing to do is to say, well, let's have an external webcam be the way that you're seen on screen. And that's what I've done. I have had a Logitech C920 webcam for a long time. I have different size tripods. And after a fair bit of trial and error, I came to putting that camera on a tripod at the back of my desk. It also meant that I could keep the camera in the same place and I didn't have to move around or worry about where my camera was going to be relative to whatever background was involved or where I was in, in my house. I just always knew that camera could sit right there. It was always going to th theoretically be in the correct position. Okay, well, that's one problem solved, sort of. Because now I have my camera back there. I'm, I'm connecting it to my MacBook Pro or mostly to my iMac. And I've got that camera back there, but I need to make sure that it makes me look as good as possible. And what that creates in me is an unnatural sense of focus on my visual appearance. I'm not somebody who obsesses about my visual appearance, although as somebody with low vision, I tend to interact with pictures of myself or, or picture representations of myself a lot and at very close range because I want to understand how I'm seen in the world. I don't feel like I know that otherwise. So the video conferencing situation is very much the same because when that camera is three feet or so from me, I can't see what the lens is seeing because I'm on a laptop screen or even I'm on a monitor in a very small grid window some distance from my face. I'm not able to monitor, am I on screen? Am I centered? Am I washed out in terms of light? So that's a problem I have to solve too. And as I say, I've spent an awful lot of time, you could call it obsessing, but I think it's just perfecting an effective professional visual appearance where I will open up a Zoom meeting, and this is the first tip, I guess. I'll open up a Zoom meeting all on my own, and I'll basically set the camera up the way I want it set up, and I will put the external monitor, because it has to be an external monitor, right, in order to, for me to be able to both be seen by the camera and be seeing what the camera sees. I'll put an external monitor in such a position that I can see my face magnified considerably. And then I position myself, I try to get the lighting right because I've read enough about zoom lighting. You don't want to have light, light behind you. You want natural light. Overhead light is bad. You should have a ring light. All these lighting things that, frankly, I don't feel like I have solved as much as I would like, but I have considered them. And I've looked at the arrangement of my office. I've looked at the lighting options that I have, and I've made the best of it. 
but I'm still not super happy about it. But I have to check myself in the, the monitor in an empty Zoom meeting, and that's typically what I've done. So my iMac or the external monitor that I'm using typically sits, this is like the biggest tip, and it took me a long time to get to this. So I've, I've distilled a lot of practice and trial and error down to this very thing. My iMac, when I'm doing these tests, sits at about a 45 degree angle to the camera. So I'm essentially looking out of my left eye to the image of myself on screen, and I'm moving the camera and the tripod in such a way that I'm getting the representation of my face and shoulders and whatever else I'd like to show as best I can. And the trouble is if I move out of the frame I've created for myself or if I'm asked to show something, as I have been. I, I, was, on a, I was on a game show uh, not long ago right here on Relay FM for the St. Jude Podcast-a-thon. And I was asked to show things by picking them up and putting them on, uh, you know, putting them in front of the camera. And I wasn't sure as I was holding things up to the camera whether they could be seen. From my perspective, it looked dark. So there's always the fact that in a live circumstance, you're going to see something different than you've prepared for in this empty Zoom meeting. And those empty Zoom meetings, by the way, I didn't just do them once. I've, I've done them multiple times. I've also found it helpful to record the meeting. So I will sit and arrange myself, arrange my camera in different ways as the meeting is progressing, as the, the Zoom session is progressing. I will record that session and I'll say what I'm doing as I do it. I've done this with audio too. This is a great audio tip. If you're trying to figure out your mic positioning or your levels or that sort of thing, especially if you can't see a meter from where you are, what I'll often do is record a session and I'll make changes and say what those changes are. I'm increasing the gain, I'm reducing the gain, I'm turning up the compression knob, I'm moving my microphone above my nose, below my nose, I'm sitting further away, I'm leaning in. Those strategies have really helped me hone the sound of my audio. And I found that it's been helpful in a Zoom context too, because then I can go back and look at the recording and say, well, what was I doing at that moment? A few months ago, I got a boom arm for my microphone that's in my office. I have one here in the little podcast closet. But since I was doing so much video and some of it was being recorded, I found it helpful to have what I've wanted for a really long time is a very nice microphone boom arm. And I got that arm and I put it at a certain spot on my desk and I realized that the position of the microphone and the position of the boom arm on which the microphone sat was having a a relationship with the way my video looked. In other words, did I want the boom arm visible? And if I did want it visible, did I want to put it in the background so that it wouldn't be a distracting foreground image that one of the early uh, experiments I did, I was looking at the boom arm and I was realizing that I was seeing the label on the boom arm, which says Heil, and I was distracted by it because it was weird that there was text in the upper right corner of my image and that it was so prominent. And I realized I needed to adjust my camera relative to my boom arm so that it wouldn't look odd. It's really hard to talk about this because I feel like if you listen to me and then if you happen to see me on video, you would probably see that I was continuing to make what others might call mistakes 
or that there were things I was doing on video that I'm unaware of. And I am completely convinced that that's the case. And as somebody who has to be in Zoom calls every day, most of them not recorded, but some of them are, I am completely aware that there are representations of myself going out there that I don't understand fully. And I don't like that. I, I'm uncomfortable with it. I've watched myself back on video podcasts and said, oh, how did I let so much overhead light shine on the top of my head and make my uh, colored and sometimes graying hair look worse than it should have otherwise done? How, how did I allow my face to look that washed out? How did I focus the camera such that I look like a disembodied head because the, the camera cut off right at my neck level when I didn't intend to do that? And not taking account for the fact that when a number of people join a video conference, your own image is cropped, right? So the image that you create for yourself in your private Zoom meeting is perfectly centered, perhaps, and, and perfectly cropped. But once you start that Zoom meeting, it changes. And there is a line between being careful about your video presentation when you lack as much information as everyone has and being, you know, whether it's vanity or whether it's just, you know, feeling that you should be uh, less uh, focused on that, it's, it's a hard line to draw. And I, I don't know that I always do it, but I feel like I am on my own and I'm not able to gain the sort of, you know, I don't have a coach. I don't have somebody sitting there going, you know, Shelly, if you move your camera just a little bit to the left or up or down, or if you would turn the overhead light off, or if you would do this or that, you'd look perfect. Uh, that's not something that's available to me. As I say, the biggest tip for me in terms of my own appearance has been what I've done with, with the uh, monitor and placing it so that I can see my image as I adjust it while I'm by myself. I applied that tip to actual Zoom meetings as well because for a while, and, and most of the folks on my uh, Zoom calls each day are using their laptops. And what I love about the, the difference between tech nerds and civilians is the first thing a tech nerd will say is, oh, the Apple laptop cameras are crap. I am not in a position to agree with or dispute you because when I am seeing myself as represented on a laptop camera, I'm actually seeing it on a different monitor. I'm, you know, low vision, all that sort of stuff. So I'll just take your word for it. But the civilians that I video conference with every day are just mostly focused on being on frame, trying to make story pitches during a meeting, trying to follow Slack and keep up with text messages because it's kind of what we have to do in order to book stuff for the radio show during all that meeting. So there's a lot of sort of multitasking that goes on. So I've had to figure out, well, how can I approximate that? And I have this external camera, so why not? And I have the, the benefit because I have the external camera and because I know that the tech nerds don't feel good about the Apple laptop cameras, I sort of have this, the benefit of feeling superior because I've got my little Logitech camera aimed at me. It also theoretically gives me the ability to interact with my Mac screen. And I say theoretically because having the screen at 45 degree or more angle allows me not only to sort of center and see myself, but it allows me to see everybody else in the meeting, because otherwise I wouldn't. If I had my screen as far back as the camera is, I wouldn't be able to see the people I'm interacting with. And I, I want to see them. 
But the other issue is that I need to interact with my computer or my tablet in some ways. As I say, I need to follow Slack. I need to, oh, Shelly, that's a great idea. Let's book that person for the show. Well, because we're doing a 10 a.m. show and we're having a meeting at 12 p.m. the previous day, if I'm given the go-ahead, I need to start booking that guest right now. So it is acceptable and often done that somebody will get on text message or send an email right away to the person that's wanted to be booked. And so I need a screen that I can access. So what I've had to do, what I've come up with is I have a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I have it on a stand, and I have it to the right of my camera, out of view, and I have an external keyboard. So during a meeting, when I need to interact, when I need to communicate, when I need to read or make notes, I'm doing that on the iPad. I'm having a second screen. It's not that unusual to have a second screen, I guess, but it was a big revelation to me to come up with that strategy of having a completely different device responsible for whatever communications management I needed to do outside of the conference. The other thing I did, of course, was memorize the commands within Zoom so that I can mute or unmute my audio or video at different times if needed, so that I don't have to stick my face up to the screen and therefore uh, present a weird appearance to everybody in the meeting while I'm going, oh, where is the mute audio or mute video button? So the first thing I did was learn those shortcuts. So my default setup, which works for most purposes, is that I have screens on either side angled toward me. It's angled at about a 45-degree angle. There's a camera in front of me. There's a microphone on a boom arm, which is to the right of the camera. The boom arm is coming straight down from the right of the camera, and the microphone is coming toward my face. So that microphone part is kind of overkill because it's not usually something that's needed unless I'm recording a podcast. But since I have the microphone there and I have a an interface I just tend to use it. So I look really fancy in some of those video conferences. The change I'm going to make to this standard setup is I'm going to move the boom arm over to the right so that it's a little less in the camera view. But it's a really big boom arm, and it's on an extender, and I actually need to take a little time and figure out exactly where I want that to be. So that's the main thing. I've, I've sort of sorted it all. And I have, since I sit in the same place in the office every day, I know what the lighting situation is going to be. Again, it's not ideal, but it's not terrible. Uh, But I have on occasion the the strategy I've I've used to sort of keep tabs on what I'm looking like right at the moment. I'll actually take a picture, a screenshot of the IMAX screen so that I can see how I'm being seen by other people while I'm looking at the camera. So I'm staring at the camera, I do Command-Shift-3, and that gives me a screenshot. And then later I can look and I can see, oh, well, you're, you doesn't look like you're looking straight at the camera. It doesn't look like uh, your, your background, your office is, is well, well lit or you're well lit or something like that. So I can use that as information. And again, it seems a little narcissistic and obsessive, but I find it helpful and reassuring to understand visually what's happening. So some other situations and and tips. I have found myself in a number of situations where the meeting or gathering is more casual. It's not a business meeting. And I wanted to be in a comfortable chair. And I say casual, not in the sense of laid back and the stakes are low, but casual in the sense of sometimes we're having conversations about things that are more personal. Uh, I've, been, I've been involved in book clubs. I've been involved in some uh, 
sort of off hours convos and games with uh, friends and colleagues. And I want to be not at my desk when I do that. I want to be comfortable. And the struggle with that is, well, where do I put my tech so that I can be seen and so that if I need to interact with the screen in some way, I can also do that? And a solution I've come up with that I haven't perfected and that is sort of the reason I'm here today is because I'm still working on this solution and it's kind of a problem for me. I have this 12.9-inch iPad Pro. I have two stands for it. One of them is a Viazon stand, which is a L-shaped stand. It has a flat bottom and then it has a vertical piece that has a clamp on it where you can put your iMac. You can adjust it in a couple of different dimensions so you can change the angle that the iPad faces. I use the iPad in landscape mode. The camera is at the top of the screen. So from that perspective, the camera is at the left of the screen. So it's an exaggerated version of the problem that you have a lot of times in video conferencing with where you want to look at the screen that people are on. You want to try and make eye contact with their images. But what you actually need to do is make eye contact with the camera. And I struggle with that with the iPad because it's like, look to the left, look to the left. But I can't correct my view. I'm looking to the left, but I can't see my own face. So I don't know how good a job I'm doing of making eye contact. But what I've done for these casual events is I have a comfortable chair in my office. It's my reading chair. And I put the iPad on a file cabinet in this Viazon stand in front of the chair so that it can be raised to a height that's close to eye level. It probably should be higher. I'm still fooling around with it. Again, I'm trying to figure out what I look like visually. And so I'm having to do things like record solo meetings and I'm taking a lot of selfies of myself uh, from with my phone. This is this is something I before I started taking screenshots on the iMac and what I'm doing a lot now with the iPad is I pick up my phone and I point it at the screen in which a meeting is going on and I take a picture of the screen. And then I look at the picture I've taken to see my place on the grid and see what I look like. And then I adjust accordingly, which I'm sure looks super weird. And I try to do it at times in meetings when I don't think I'm the focus of attention. But it does look like I'm playing with my phone at the very least. And it's frustrating because with the iPad set up this way, it's probably five feet away from me. I cannot at all interact with the faces of the people that are in the little grids. I can see them and I can determine that they are faces. And once I've sometimes I'll lean forward and take a look and then I'll sit back. And sometimes I actually use those what I call Zoom selfies, those pictures I've taken of the iPad screen with my phone, I'll use those images to actually see my colleagues and look at them and see, well, who's in what grid? What are they wearing? What do their backgrounds look like? All the sort of information that you gather incidentally when you're talking to people on a video conference. And so I haven't come up with a way that I like to position the iPad so that I can be seen the way I would prefer to be seen with a, it's, it's in a sort of a dark corner of the office, so I have some lighting issues. The biggest issue for me is just not being able to see people. The option I suppose I could use is bring the Logitech camera over, put it on a tripod, put it in front of me, kind of the way the iPad is, but then also have the laptop as the machine that's running it so that I could, in theory, put the laptop close to me and I could see people. But my 13-inch laptop screen is still not ideal for that. 
the best thing would be to have an external monitor, but that requires a fair amount of readjusting of the space because I don't have a a desk or a place that is effectively a good good place to put the monitor. And then the last part of all this is even when I'm in these casual encounters, I still want access to another device, whether to take notes. If it's a book club, I want to write down the name of a book someone's mentioned. If it's a game, God forbid it's a game, because then I might actually have to interact with the screen in some way, and that's a challenge. So how do we do that? I suppose, and I haven't done this yet, I suppose I could log in twice, once with video and once without, and the login without video, I can hold the thing up to my face and I can interact with the screen, which then, of course, makes me inaccessible to the people who are also on the call because what they're seeing is my my face obscured by a device. So that's not ideal. So I try to avoid those situations, and it's kind of a conundrum that I haven't worked out. Uh, the last thing I'll talk about, because and I, I've left it for last only because it's not something I've dealt with a lot is screen sharing. I, again, have not had to lead presentations and screen, share screens. I feel like, however, that I would actually be in a better position to share a screen because if I'm not being asked to have my face on video, if the screen is what's on video, I know people have a little inset with their face down below. I would probably just tell people, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. But if I'm only having to share my screen, then I can interact with my screen two inches away as I normally would. I can speak into my microphone, I can put that close to my face, and I can basically drive a presentation or I can run an app and show people a demo, something like that. That seems fairly straightforward. If I'm watching somebody share a screen, what I usually do is turn my own video off because I have to lean forward and look into the screen. I have to try to read or make a sense of the presentation. And so I just turn my video off during that time. I assume that most people's attention is focused on the screen, even though my face might be visible over on the right side in the gallery. I just turn it off. And I will apologize to people if need be, but that's just the approach that works best for me. And then also, in order to see people as they should be seen, I'm using typically dark mode without invert colors. And that makes people come out as a positive image. But often when people are sharing their screens, if it's a web page, you're still getting a light background with dark text, which is difficult for me to read. So what I often have to do when we're doing screen sharing is swap into invert colors and turn dark mode off because that's the way on the iPad and on the Mac. It's more on the iPad than on the Mac, really. That's the way you're going to see the web page in a way that's a dark background with light text. And so that's a challenge because then when the presentation is over, I need to both return to dark mode, no invert colors, and then I need to get back into a position, turn my video back on and get back into a position where I can be seen and hope that I haven't moved myself in such a way that the video is is compromised. In amongst my sort of super personal, individualized set of conundrums, I hope there were some tips that were helpful to you. I would love to have a conversation about this. I've had a few totally blind friends ask me a few things about video conferencing, things like Zoom backgrounds and and stuff, and I didn't address the Zoom background situation here, and I'm happy to do so. But I would welcome this being a conversation. I wanted to talk to you about this by myself at first, just to sort of get everything out. But if there are folks out there who have either thoughts for me or who have suggestions of what they've done to make their video conferencing situations better. I know that folks with other disabilities, whether it be deafness 
or difficulty speaking or even some motor disabilities might have some challenges with video conferencing that I'm not addressing at all, I'd love to hear that as well. So consider this your invitation to have a conversation about how to deal with the video conferencing world we all find ourselves in this new normal. You can follow this show over on Twitter at Parallel Pods. You can also subscribe and learn about all the episodes I've done in the past at relay.fm slash parallel. That's also where you can become a Relay FM member because why not throw in an extra plug now and then? Relay membership is a good deal and you get lots of stuff. So join up now. You can also interact with me over on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. I'll be back soon with another episode, more than likely featuring guests. Bye for now.